Do you struggle to find answers to your pelvic health problems? Do you feel silenced in your quest to just feel better? Women, girls, sisters, if you have experienced infertility, PCOS, incontinence, painful periods, sexual trauma, and so much more associated with the pelvis, then Women's Pelvis Wellness is a place for you. Me and experts from around the world are joining here to get you the answers to the holistic health that you have been seeking. Please join us in being a pelvis wellness warrior. Hi everyone, thanks for tuning in again today. My guest today is Raylene Taskowski. Did I say it right? Taskowski. Oh, I'm so close. Taskowski. Yes, Koski. Koski would be a W, so. Right. Right? Yeah. And um, I actually met Raylene because I went on her podcast, which is, say it, the title for me, please. The Stand-Up Comedy Sex Ed Podcast. Yes. Where you just talk about... Sex. All, sex. All things <laughs> All things that happen and the crazy things that happen and whatever. Sometimes it is. the serious things that happen and yes. but I again, just try to keep it lighthearted. More and more conversations that need to happen. Right. That's the so, key is conversation. Exactly. I've talked to people who were in the purity culture. Um, I'm trying to get some sex workers on because I'd like to get that perspective. Phone sex workers, um, actual prostitutes or I guess just sex workers I've I've had uh, OnlyFans people on people who make their money from OnlyFans um I'm looking for guys that were circumcised as an adult um I'm curious about that and uh yeah no we've had a lot of I've had a lot of interesting people on with different perspectives. I had someone who had gender affirming surgery, uh, as an adult after living as a woman for 20 years, Okay, uh, she got the surgery and, you know, and it's funny cause she said, well, it feels exactly like yours does. And I'm like, you don't know what mine feels like. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and I guarantee yours is a whole lot fucking tighter. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know I, yeah, I've, I've actually watched the surgery on YouTube because you can watch it on YouTube. And it's, I mean, it's, it's extensive. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's extensive. And I, I mean, of course, my brain, I'm like, oh man, the scar tissue that that's going to cause. And like, how do you help them? And, you know, because I'm basically working on the internal anatomy, you know, through right. the pelvic area. So it's like, well, how do they you know, like how they get the anatomy from externally, internally, and how does that, you know, so I just wanted to right. know how I looked up. Well, I just gave her a lot of lube. She was yeah. very much into toys with her and her partner, and she's mm-hmm. like, you know, and it's nice and tight, so it needs lube. I was like, yeah. I'm so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so how, when did you start your podcast? I started my podcast in May and the reason I started is so last year I've been in direct sales for 14 years and I've been in the adult novelty product product line. And every time I would do a party, people would say, you should be a stand-up comedian. You're so funny. You make this so comfortable. You should be comedian. And I tried being a comedian when I was 27 ish and I lasted like six weeks and I'm like, this is hard work. 
I'm uncomfortable. I don't want to do this. And so I, I didn't. And then I was working with a business coach and she (laughs) said, what is your favorite part of the party? And I said, my favorite part of the party is when they're laughing so hard, they can't breathe. They're getting migraines. They're peeing themselves. Like that's, that's gold to me. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, but what about when you're in the shopping room and you're getting them the products they are going to make their life better? Da, 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 da. And I'm like, no, if I could just make them laugh, mic drop and walk the fuck out, then that would make me super happy. Right. And she said, well, then I'm challenging you to go do stand up comedy. And I said, no, no, no. I tried it when I was 27. I'm not going to do this. And she said, well, you know, you paid me a boatload of money to be your business coach. So why don't you just take my advice? And I said, okay, I guess I'll do this. So I went and made, not made an appointment, but I found out when the next open mic was at the Funny Bone in Hartford. And I showed up terrified, but I also brought a camera and I brought my phone and I brought a friend because I said, I am going to do this open mic, but I'm going to do it Facebook live. So everybody can see, I do not belong on stage. I'm funny in living rooms. I'm funny at the bar. I'm not going to be funny on the stage because I'm just freaked out about it. So I got up, I did five minutes and I'm not going to lie. I killed it for, I mean, not even for an open mic. I definitely slayed it for an open mic, but even for a regular five minute set, it was pretty good. Yeah. And I got home and I already had 1200 views by the time I got home. And within a week I had 7,500 views and I had two offers to be on people's comedy shows from my very first time being on stage. Awesome. I thought, well, this is something new. (laughs) Well, that's awesome that you live streamed it though. You know, I did, that's, but yeah. I was doing it because I was going to be like, see, it was yeah. awful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the universe was like, see, it wasn't awful. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And um, for a couple of years, I went back and forth and I would just I would do some comedy every now and then. But comedy does not pay. Like unless you're famous, comedy doesn't pay shit. Right. right. So you might get 50 bucks to be on somebody's show, but most of the time you're not getting paid anything. Right. Or you'll get $25 or whatever. But unless you're getting into the feature spots or the headline spots, or you're the, you know, um, if you're a really good, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, well, it's MC, but oh, okay. host, if you're a really good host, gotcha. then you'll make some money. But 50 bucks, I mean, if I'm doing a sex toy party, I'm making 250, 300 bucks easy. And, you know, more, more often than not, I can also make six, seven, eight, $900, you know, right. it's good money. Right? Right. And so I was trading it off to do these $50 spots. And I was like, it, it, cause always it's a Friday night or a Saturday night, which is when everybody wants to party. And so I, I was kind of pushing comedy to the back burner And then one night I had done a comedy show and I did well, but I remember thinking, I'm just not comfortable up here. And then the next day I did a party and I'm slaying. Everybody's laughing. People are crying. People are, can't breathe. They're peeing themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, And I thought to myself, I am so comfortable here. This is just where I'm going to be. Like, I'm going to stop doing comedy. I'm just not comfortable. And then about, I don't know, a couple months later, I got up in the middle of the night because I couldn't sleep and I was tossing and turning. And I have this rule where if I'm tossing and turning, I'm just going to get out of bed because there's no point, right? I'm just going to get up, let my brain do whatever it needs to do, and then I'll go back to bed. So I got up and I grabbed the book, You Are a Badass at Making Money 
by Jen Sincero. And I went and sat down on my chair and I opened the book and it was just like the heavens went ah, right into my face. Yeah. And my brain said, why are you not doing the two things that you love together, your stand-up comedy and your sex ed shows and put them together and make one show called the stand-up comedy sex ed show. Right. And I had already purchased the domain stand-up comedy sex ed like four years earlier. And I just kept paying for it and parked it because I had no idea why I wanted it, but I wanted it. Yeah. And I was like, holy crap. So I, I just like called a friend who had access to like one of those VFW rooms. Yeah. And I was like, I want to do this show. I'll give you half the ticket money. Like I'm not going to lock in at 250 bucks. Cause I don't know if I'm going to be able to sell tickets, but I'll give you half of whatever I sell. So I sold 20, I think I sold 20 or 25 tickets to that first show, but I also didn't really market it. I said, I'm going to do this show. I threw something up on Facebook. I made a Facebook event and then I went on a cruise. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then I came back uh, two weeks later and I was like, okay, who wants to go to the show? But this was the first time I'd ever done anything with men in the room because the party plan that I work for allows no men. And, and I'm okay with that Stand up comedy. I've got the guys and they're all laughing at my jokes. So right. I'm like, so I put it together and I knew I had a thing when I was doing one of my jokes. And for the life of me, I cannot remember what it was, but my husband was in the back of the room and I heard him laugh oh. and he does not think I'm funny. <laughs> and so so I'm up there and I hear him laugh, but I just, I like got like three inches tall and I'm like, mm -hmm, I just got him. Right. And everybody said it was so much fun and they had a great time and what a great job I did. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to do this again. So six months later I did it again. And that night I sold 90 tickets and, uh, I had another comedian come in with me and I set it up like an actual comedy show. And my headliner, or not my headliner, my my host, who was someone who I really respect in the comedy world, afterwards, he says, that was a thing. He said, you don't need to set this up like you just did. That in itself is a show. That was fantastic. And he says, and I'm a prude and I just learned so much. <laughs> And so then I um, went to better theaters because you don't get good sound or good light in a VFW if you're doing a show like that. So I rented out a small theater, sold out 85 tickets. Then I went to a bigger theater, sold out 120 tickets. And so I did my last show on February 28th of 2020. And as we all know, the world shut down on March 20th of 2020. And then that was the end of it. There was, I right. couldn't book any shows. I couldn't do any parties. I couldn't do any comedy. It just kind of shut everything down. And I was like, I've just got my voice going out there and I'm starting to make an impact. How do I keep it going? And so a couple of people had had me on their podcast, basically explaining what I just did for the last 10 minutes. Right. And I was like, man, I love this. I'm and I had an, I have another business coach and I went to her and I'm like, I'm going to start my own podcast. And her husband starts laughing and he's like, what? She goes, she said last week you were going to start your own podcast. He was, she was like, she just knew it. And I did, I just, you know, went on, I did a lot of looking around. Should I do this? What microphone should I use? What hosting service should I use? Blah, blah, blah. And then finally I was like, fuck it. I'm just making a decision. And I was like this, 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 bam. And then I just started doing it. Yeah. 
And I've listened to a couple of them. And of course I was on too, and they're fun. I mean, they're fun. And again, conversations that need to be happening, you know? Right. And I want to make such it a taboo, you know? I want to make it lighthearted and funny, but every now and then I'll have a guest on that I can't because, you know, we're talking about being molested as a child and that's just not funny. Right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so, but I like covering all of the subjects and I'm getting a lot of feedback from people. Yeah. Um, I had one woman message me and she was just like, I took your advice and got a glass toy and oh my God, best advice ever. And I was like, I really need to get some branded merch. You know? Yeah. Yeah, you do. You need to get your name on some dildos. <laughs> yeah, my company doesn't sell glass toys, but we should. Yeah. And so maybe I'll have a um a toy. A friend of mine was to we're I'm talking about writing a book now. And she said, you know, then you could have some branded merch. Like you should have one that says like come with a warning label. And I'm like, yeah, and then I'll have a toy called the warning label. <laughs> ah, there you go. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. No, so good. What are some I just literally walk around the time all the time and go, God, you're so stupid. How is this working for you? <laughs> you're not stupid. It's working because it's supposed to, because you're doing what you're supposed to do. And I mean, and I say this all the time is it's so crazy that we can do the act, but we can't talk about doing the act. Oh yeah. You know, I especially with the, the especially with the person that you're actually doing it with. Like, don't say anything. Oh, right. I shocked my husband the other day because um, I I did a little. Well, you know, I don't know how personal your viewers are going to feel about this, but uh, we'll just we'll just put explicit. (laughs) We were just uh, cuddling and I I put kind of put like I gave myself a little like a side resolution that I wanted to have more sex this year. Not for me, but for him, Mm -hmm. you know, and I feel like when we have sex, we're closer for at least, you know, like a couple couple of days or whatever. And so our daughters just went one back, went one back to college and the other one just went back to New York city. And we were, we had just made the bed that um, one of them stays on and he was just laying there and I just snuggled up with him for a minute. And then my, my hand was like, why don't we just see where this goes? (laughs) (laughs) And so I did a little, you know, like getting them all excited. And then I, you know, whispered, like, stay here. And then I went and got, you know, the condom and everything. And, and I just did a little ride on and yeah. then, and that does nothing for me. I know some women absolutely love being on top. Being on top does nothing for me, except yeah. me thighs hurt. Right? Yeah, right. And, so, <laughs> right. and so we get done and then we move on with the day. And then later on, I was like, so how'd you feel about that? And he's like, it was good. You know, cause I wanted him to say like, do you like that? Or, I mean, cause I've woken him up like that a few times too. Like I wake up, I wake up in the morning and I'll see him with that glorious morning wood over there. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I've never asked yeah. him how he feels about it. Yeah. And he was like, that was good. Well then yesterday I got what I like. And, uh, there you go. so yeah. happy Ray Ray. Happy well, wife, happy life. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, and it's just, you know, again, it's, it's nice to, you know, you got to give and receive sometimes. I mean, it's just nice to be able to do that, but to do it in fun ways. And yeah, I mean, just, I'm sure, I'm sure that most men would really like that, but what the heck do I know? (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. And we're going on 25 years of marriage this year. So got to keep it interesting. Yeah. Just spice it up a little bit. I hate it when people are like, oh, if you've been with the same person forever, sex gets boring. I'm like, only because you let it. Right. 
I mean, and there have been some really boring times in our lives, but I mean, orgasms are orgasms. As long as I don't yeah. have to pay for it, I'm happy. <laughs> That's awesome. So how are you with your girls? You know, because obviously now they're older and they probably, you know, well, of course, you know, they've been sexually active, I would imagine by now. Right. But how, like, were you able to like be before all of this stuff? I mean, were you always just kind of open with them about it? No, no, I wasn't. Uh, I remember the first, okay. So my daughter has a stepmom and she lived with her stepmom until about uh, 10th grade, I think is when she came to live with us. And she came to live with us because she had been caught in a compromising position with a gentleman uh, close to her age, not, not an old man or anything. And and so like her stepmom was like, we're going to send her off to military school and da, 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 da. I'm like, for being a teenage girl, I mean, come on, she's in 10th right. grade. And so she had been busted prov- providing an oral favor for the, the, the partner. And when she, when they sent her to me, like the first thing I said to her, I was like, did you get yours first? And she goes, yeah. And I'm like, cool. Like that's, <laughs> that's, I mean, what am I going to say? You're in 10th grade. I was having sex in 10th grade. If all you're doing is, you know, rubbing on each other and dry humping and oral favors i don't also if you're having sex just be safe yeah. i'm not going to be out on this high horse and say don't don't do all the things that i did i'm just going right. to give you the benefit of my experience use a condom mm-hmm. don't don't get high and drive unless you're really used to being high then it's fine but <laughs> <laughs> hopefully you're not um right. and and stuff like that and so but so what had happened is when we moved here back to connecticut and my daughters had twin beds that were right next to each other. And so my older daughter was off doing some high school shit and her, my middle daughter was home and her and her friend were jumping back and forth between the twin beds. And then she came upstairs and she's like, mom, Kayla's bed is vibrating. I'm like, what? Right. So I go down and I lift up the mattress and there's not one, but multiples. And I'm just like, oh my God, because I did not own any such thing. Yeah. Right. And so I, you know, I turn it off, I put it down and then Kayla comes on and I'm like, mm, your bed under the bed and it was making noise. And you know, like I was not talking about it. <laughs> and I guess you would have been 16 or 17 then maybe, maybe yeah, 16. And, uh, and then when she was 18 or 19 is when I started selling sex toys. And so mm-hmm. we got more open about things. Certainly Tori, the middle one got a lot more information um, and I actually, I have a sidebar story that I'll come back to, uh, with her. And then my youngest, I, we had talked about sex recently within the last two or three years. And I said, why did you wait so long to have sex? Cause she was 20, I think 19 or 20. She was second or third year of college. And she's like, you talked about it so much. And there was so much information that I just didn't feel like I needed to go and do that. Because I didn't yeah. feel like I needed to rebel against you because there was nothing to rebel against. Because I would have right. been like, I got high. And you would have been like, cool, about time. And <laughs> I had sex. Cool, it's about time. And she's like, it's really hard to rebel against that. Right. <laughs> yeah. But then I did find out later that apparently she never knew where her clitoris was oh. until over the summer. And then I was horrified because I was like, Seriously? Of all of the shit that I talk about and all of the things that I do and the 3D models that I have in my office, I never explicitly said to you, it's right there. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. 
Well, and the okay. only reason I figured out that she didn't know where it was is because um, I'm a huge proponent that if you've got cramps from your period, you should go masturbate because for two reasons, it releases the oxytocin. So you feel better. And then it also, you know, like the whole area kind of vibrates. So it shakes everything loose, right? Because everything yeah. is contracting. Sure. Yeah. During your orgasm. So it helps you feel better. And she was like having bad period cramps. And I'm like, just go masturbate. And she's like, oh, that's so disgusting. And I'm like, why is it disgusting? Because at that point, I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. She's like, you get your hands all bloody. I'm like, where are your hands going? <laughs> yeah. The button is on the outside. It's a doorbell. <laughs> yeah, right? It's a doorbell. It's perfect. So, yeah, I was a little bit embarrassed that the poor girl didn't know her where her clitoris was. Right. Um, but I like that she was so surrounded with the conversation that she never felt the need to rebel against it. Right. You know, I, re I remember when she actually did lose her virginity because she told me and I, or, or I, I figured it out. And then she, I was talking to my husband one day and I was like, I don't think Sarah's a virgin anymore. She's like 19. And he goes, God, I hope not. Isn't it weird to be waiting this long? <laughs> I was just like, yeah. We're the weirdest family ever. Like every well, other dad wants them to wait till they're 30 and yeah, lock them up never. and put a chain and never. And he's yeah. just like, I mean, I don't want to think about it, but it's a little weird. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. But the sidebar conversation I wanted to come back to was because I was selling the products at the time, my middle daughter was having trouble with a tampon and she was a soccer player. So you want tampons. You don't want to be running around with a pad. Right. But she never could get one in. And so I, I said, well, maybe she's just super tight. So I gave her a lubricant. I'm like, try the lubricant, see if it works. So I had gone to a party and I came home and I'm sitting here at my desk and she comes in and she sits down semi behind me, but like in my peripheral vision. And she says, so I tried the lube and it didn't work. And now it hurts to pee. Right. <laughs> and I'm sitting here typing and I'm like, <laughs> And she goes, stop laughing inside. <laughs> I just lost it. I was like, all right, I'm going to bring you to the OBGYN. I don't know what's going on here. Shouldn't be a huge problem. And so we go in and the APRN says, well, since you're not sexually active, we don't need to do an internal. And I'm like, nope, we do. We need to do an internal because she cannot get a tampon in. Either she's not putting it in the right spot or there's something wrong. So she's like, okay. So she sets her up and she goes at her with the, the big Q-tip. We all know anybody's been to the OBGYN. We know what the big Q-tip is. Right. And she goes at her and she goes, oh, hmm. <laughs> you know, that's never a good sound when someone's right. down there. Yeah. And uh, so she goes with the little tiny Q-tip and she goes, hmm, I'll be right back. I'm going to get the doctor. And I'm like, oh my God. Wow. <laughs> so. The doctor comes in and what she had was, uh, on, um, dang it. I can never, it's basically called, it's an imperforate hymen. It's a hymen that's not going to break open on its own. Oh, sure. And it had like the tiniest, like marble little size hole so that her menses could get through, which also explained why her periods took so long because right. they weren't just coming out. They had to go through that teeny tiny hole, but there are like seven or eight different types of imperforate hymen. Some of them are split like it's big enough on one side and then, but the actual, there's still a little membrane and then there's a hole on the other side. So sometimes you can get in and sometimes you can't, and it never breaks, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah. 
So basically I said to my daughter who was 17 at the time, I'm like, well, and you have to have it surgically opened. Right. And she said, uh, I said, do you want to do it now? So it's taken care of, or do you want to do it later? And then when you say you want it, I'll be like, so you're planning on having sex, huh? (laughs) She's like, yeah, let's just go get that taken care of now. (laughs) So there is, that's another thing that another person I would love to have on my podcast is someone who can speak to how common it is because my, my middle daughter had it. My cousin had it. My youngest daughter had it. My youngest daughter's roommate in college had it. And then they also know another person who have had to have their imperforate hymens opened up. So it is clearly more common than you would think. But until it happened to my daughter, I had no idea. And I worked on a client with that too. Yep. Yeah. And, and it's, it's like, this is an actual conversation people should be having. Well, and that's what I mean, because there are so many things that are, that are, that happen that are common, but we don't know because no one's telling us. Our OBs aren't even telling us, you know? I mean, it's, I couldn't believe, and I I don't know the statistics, I'd have to look, but it was shocking to me to learn how many women are literally walking around there and they have like two sets of everything. Or they'll have one vagina and like somehow two uteruses, or they'll have two vaginas. And I mean, they can literally get pregnant in each one at a different time. I mean, it's my, wild. my far, former mother-in-law uh, was the first person, I don't know, ever or whatever, or she actually had uh, a viable pregnancy in each over each uterus that she had. She had two. And then um, and so then when she had the hysterectomy, they had two and she had had a pregnancy in each one. Wow. So when you're talking about how common it is, I literally know somebody who had one. I know. But usually one set isn't fully viable. It's there, but but she had had pregnancies in both of them. Right. So, yeah, yeah, that is more common than you would think. Yeah. I mean, the different shapes of the uteruses even. um, And, you know, it's interesting now because I've got a 14-year-old daughter or no, a 14-year-old son, a 13-year-old daughter and a 10-year-old son. And, you know, when puberty hit and you know, her period came and everything this year, well, before that, but I mean, the last couple of years, I'm like, I'm not just having to teach these kids about their bodies. I'm having to teach them about pleasure. I'm having to teach them about relationships and, you know, boundaries. And it's just like parenting exponentially gets harder. I mean, you think parenting is hard when you are completely deprived of sleep. You get to this point, you're like, okay, now, now this is real life stuff. This is real life stuff. And you have to be candid because I want them to be able to come with to me, um, you know, about these kinds of things. So it's, it was just such an interesting dynamic to, you know, kind of look at your, look at your baby, like, you know, that how the, the dynamic has shifted from, you know, your sweet little kid and they're still sweet, but they're growing up and they're doing normal, they're doing normal things and their normal right. things are happening to their bodies. So, um, and, you know, just, they just, I mean, aside from, you know, all of the sex stuff, like they have no idea what's going on in their bodies and their parents aren't telling them because they don't know. And because maybe they have sexual trauma that's preventing them from, you know, being able to talk and the schools aren't telling them. So where are they getting their information? You know, they, they're not getting wrong. They're getting it from other morons on the school bus who don't know what they're talking about. (laughs) Right. Or somebody who watches porn or their big brother, you know, you know, told them something, you know? Yeah. And that's the, that is a big downside is that a lot of them are getting their information from porn. And so 
they're just doing it wrong because they just don't know any better. Now I got lucky in that I live close enough to the school and I've been self-employed basically my whole life. So I was able to drive my daughter to school and back every day. So she never had the bus conversations and she got anything she had a question with. She did come to me. She asked me everything. And then uh, her friends, uh, I would talk to their parents because everybody knows what I do. Every single person in this town knows exactly what I do. It's on my car, right? Right. It's on my license plate. And so, you know, her closer friends, I, you know, would say to the parents, if your kid asks me a question, can I answer it? And they'd be like, oh, please do, please. Please, so we don't have to. (laughs) And so when I had the condom conversation with my daughter and we put it on the, the bottle, and all of the things that went with the condom conversation, I told her mom's friend, I told all the friends about it. And the mom's like, oh, could you do that with our daughters? And I'm like, if you, if you're okay with it, I absolutely will. And so it was eighth grade and the girls were over and one of them said to me, hey, your mom said you're having the talk with me. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I went and got the stuff and plopped it on the table, showed them how to put on a condom, blah, blah, blah. And then one of the little girls says to me, she goes, I said, do you guys have any questions? Because I always end everything with, do you have any other questions? Because I don't want them to leave and make up their own answer to a question that they had. Like, sure. I'm here, ask me the question. So she says, yeah, what's the deal with anal beads? Yeah. Eighth grade. Yeah. And, and I know where it came from. And I, I mean, I answered the question appropriately and then, uh, but it was because one of the little boys who was in eighth grade with them, uh, he was, he, his, he did not have parents home when he came home and his dad watched porn. So he would come home from school, turn on his dad's computer and watch porn until his parents came home. Yeah. And, it was like, and, and that's where it's coming from. I mean, right. it's, it, it, and, and I, and I'm not blaming the kid's parents. I'm not blaming the kid. Sure. I'm, uh, I mean, I'm a little bit blaming the parents, but yeah, you know, well, yeah. but they're gonna, they're gonna see it. They're gonna they're see gonna it somewhere. It. Somehow well, everybody has kid, a smartphone now they can just, they can watch it on the school bus on their way home. <laughs> they can find it accidentally. Like right. one time my, my two older ones were messing around, you know, on my computer and they were just putting in things, you know, like, um, you know, their name.com, king.com, queen.com, prince.com, you know, just to see what the websites came up. And one of them was a porn site. Yeah. And so then my husband was like, the girls have been looking at porn. And I'm like, wait a minute, let's get the story. Right. And so they're like, yeah, we looked at, and you could see in the, in the search history, king.com, queen.com, princess.com, like they were just fucking around. Right. And they accidentally came across porn. Guess what happens if you type in Raylene.com? Porn. It's not me. Yeah. 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 I know because I looked it up because I wanted to buy my name. Guess what? It wasn't available. <laughs> well, and it, but in my SEO, it always, it, back when I was in charge of my own, in my SEO and the little notes, it said uh, Raylene, not the porn star. So if you were looking for Raylene, the porn star, you would still come to my website. <laughs> <laughs> bump up my advertising clicks yeah well for sure why wouldn't you (laughs) I remember a babysitter of mine I remember she was 14 so that must have made me about I mean not that I mean probably I was probably like 11 um and she told me or maybe 12 or 10 but I remember her telling me that in order to get pregnant a man had to pee inside of you yeah and I was like, well, that sounds disgusting. 
Like, right. why would anyone do that? And I remember, I'm thinking, I remember being, you know, like I said, 10, 11 years old, thinking, how, how do babies come from pee? I'm so confused. Right. <laughs> you know, because my mother told me nothing about anything, you know, other than, I mean, I'm sure that we've had, con- that we had a couple conversations, but I don't remember much other than don't have sex till you're married, you know? In but how do you, how do you not have sex till you're married though? Like, give me some tips on how to not do that. <laughs> right. Uh, in our house, we have a whiteboard right inside the front door and that's where the, the notes go, the lists go, like the grocery list. And my mom and dad had one. And so it just came into our house. We have the whiteboard. <laughs> and whenever we were doing like homework, Sarah had a math problem. I'm like, let's take it to the board. I would put it on the board and we'd walk through all the steps, you know, we did, I mean, so much homework was done on that board and we would always just say, let's take it to the board. And so mm-hmm. one day Sarah says, how come, how something like, how come penises are sometimes down, but they're sometimes up or something. And I was like, let's take it to the board. And so <laughs> yeah. Drawing all these flaccid and then erect penises. And the same thing with the, you know, where do babies come from? let's go to the board and we you just draw it all out. Like I always just had right. the board there. Yeah. It was just a whiteboard where we're done. We just erase it and that never happened, but there's the answers. Right. Well, and it's so important because I mean, I remember, you know, this subject is talked about so many times. You know, do you talk to your kids? What do you say? You know, do you, do you have the condom conversation or do you do, you do only, you know, like abstinence only. And it's the whole, like, okay, that's a, sure fine whatever if that's it wants to do that's a nice goal and everything but what about reality you know what about what about you know hormone surges I mean hello I mean we we have an innate like need to breed like we're supposed to create life right so when you're ovulating and you're so freaking horny you can't even handle it how are you supposed to say no you know when you're looking at someone who's super foxy and maybe you're in love with them or maybe you just want to hit it that night you know, that's actually so, the best time. That's the best time to say no, because you're the most fertile. <laughs> well, I know exactly. Masturbate. But, right. But if you don't understand your body and what that even means, or you're not right. checking your cycles, you have no idea. So yeah, yeah there's a lot I've, of things. I feel very strongly that along with that whole, your period's going to happen and here's all the things that are going to happen. Every little girl should be sent home with a vibrator. <laughs> like Just a little <laughs> bullet. Like Just, just a little bullet. Like when, when your cramps are hurting, just rub this around the outside of your vagina or around your vulva and you'll feel better. You don't even have to tell them what's going to happen. The vibration's still going to feel better. Yeah. I know people do not agree with me on that one, but learn. I mean, that's, I learned how to masturbate at a very, very young age. I think it was six when I found that button and that saved me a lot of pain. Yeah. (laughs) Also helped me sleep pretty well. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you know, it's, it's natural. I mean, it's, it's, right. it's completely a hundred percent natural, you know, and people are I, curious. <laughs> so. I remember talking to a girl, um, that was my age when we were probably 14 or 15 and her mom had found, uh, you know, the normal vaginal discharge, right. When you're ovulating, as soon as your period starts, you get that. And her mom called her a whore and grounded her. Wow. Right. That's pretty fucked up, but that's 
that's the that's I mean, and I'm 52. So that's the if we want to know why our generation or the generation after us is fucked up, it's because our parents are fucked up. Right. Right. Well, and and even even the concept of virginity is like it's it's outdated because virgin doesn't mean virgin originally didn't mean not that they never had intercourse virgin meant they were just they were independent and not attached to a man that's what that meant so a single woman was virgin not you know and i mean the whole concept of just is just kind of crazy and it's like well yeah taking your virginity how do you how do you do that like it's yeah it's just it's a weird concept Back then, if you were single and not taken by a man, that also meant that you had not had sex because you were never allowed to do anything or go anywhere by yourself. There's no such thing as a strong, independent woman. And now we've just talked about the perforate hymen. So, you know, virginity is still, I know here, it's a social construct. Well, yeah. And it's always been a mess, but there's still the, it's still a descriptive word that fits much of the situation. You know? Yeah, but I'm, but that's like, it, it always, it changes to suit people, right? you know. Right. But I mean, you can, you can not have a hymen because you rode a horse for or sure. a bicycle, yeah. right? Or because you were born okay. without one. <laughs> right. Or because you were born without one. Yeah. So it doesn't necessarily, it doesn't mean anything that has to do with sex. And if you're a lesbian who's never been penetrated, does that mean you've never had sex? Cause that's not true. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So that's all just a mess. Well, and the thing is, you just have to prepare your kids. I mean, you have to prepare your kids because you know how it felt not to be prepared. I mean, I went out in the world knowing nothing and I had to figure out everything on my own. You know, I have been very clear with every parent I've ever talked to. You have to answer your kids questions because if you don't, they will ask someone else and then you lose control of the information. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So my very first podcast episode was called how to talk to your kids about sex or talking to your kids about sex like that, something like that. And that one out of my multiple thousand downloads, I think that one's still like a third of my downloads comes from that one episode. And I'm trying to talk to somebody now (laughs) called, um, she's a puberty expert. And so I'm going to have her come on and talk about you know like what kinds of questions do kids have during puberty and how to talk about it and etc etc could you please connect me with her sure because i'm actually putting together a program right now um for that exact thing just creating small courses to teach people to teach um the the girl and and her support person who she wants to bring because i there has to be an adult there obviously and boys right, too, right. because I mean, even just products, like, should I use a tampon? Should I use a pad? Which ones should I use? Like, should I go on birth control for this ailment when I don't even know what the cause is or so many things, you know, even just tracking why you should track, how you should track, what you should track, you know, right. and why it's even important. So yeah, those things are so important. And um, I put a post out on Facebook in a local mom's group. And within three hours, I think I had like 67 comments in three hours and of people like, Oh my God, we need this. Like, I don't know how to talk to my kid. 
Um, this is a trigger for me. I've been molested. I've been raped. I don't know how to speak. I don't know my son's anatomy. How can I teach him when his dad isn't here? Like all these things. And it's just, and they're not getting it in school and they're not getting it not in, from the doctor because doctors don't have time. Yeah. So or, yeah, yeah. I think that talking to kids about sex is, and, and we need to talk to them about it, not just being reproductive. For sure. Absolutely. Well, I mean, the thing is, it's going to happen. It's a normal life thing. So why, I mean, you talk, you teach them about that, just like you teach them how to balance a checkbook and how to, right. you know, check the oil in their car, like teach them about life shit. That's really going to happen. And I think we should give them a, uh, like a, a chart that says, you know, people start having sex, you know, here and most people do it here and then here so that they don't have to feel like an oddball because when I lost my virginity, I was sure that everybody around me was having sex. And then I found out after that nobody around me had had sex and I was now the odd man out. And if I had known, you know, 16, 17, 18 is a lot more normal than I could have, you know, looked at statistics versus what I was, thought I was hearing and said, no, no. I don't need, cause for me, I literally just got rid of it, but I was in like ninth grade. I was right. like, Oh, everybody's, ha I don't want to be the odd one. So I'm just going to go ahead and have sex now, get rid of it. Right. And I'm, I'm super pissed about that. Yeah. I mean, I'm never going to have a good, I'm never going to have a good virginity story and I'm never going to have a good first orgasm story. Yeah. And I feel like that was kind of taken away from me. Yeah. Who knows? It might not have been good either way, but well, that's why we're doing what we're doing, right? So we can have these conversations right. and so that, you know, our kids and, you know, everybody in their generation and the next ones can hopefully have something a little bit better than what we had, so. And hopefully we'll get some younger viewers, listeners, because some of the ones that are targeted to their age group are just wild. Yeah. You know, talking about body counts and you know oh so i was just fucking this guy this weekend and like uh can't we find a happy medium yeah i mean you know the thing is i mean as long as you're you have to have the boundaries you know if if you're right. if you're if the boundaries are being honored and consent is there both parties then sure go gangbusters balls to the walls but um there have been a lot of times when you know, you do it because you feel you have to, or you do it because you feel like you already did one time. So now you have to, or, or whatever, like when you're married and you just don't feel like it, but you just do it to get it over with sometimes. I mean, we've all had periods when it's kind of been like that. And you know, it's the kind of a bummer. That's why I tell the college kids, toys, not boys, toys, not boys. There you go. And, and my big advice is masturbate before you leave, before you yeah. go out for the night. That way you've taken your desire and you've like given it a reset. So you're not, I mean, some people's libidos. Yeah, might I was going to say that would not work for me. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm, if I masturbate, I'm good for like two days. Just leave me alone. <laughs> I'm fine. It's pretty hard to get me aroused after an orgasm. Like I'm just like, eh. Oh yeah. So I, yeah, I really, would not, that, that technique wouldn't be okay with me, but it would probably work for a lot of other people. There was. I, I know a lot of men that do that. Day. 
I have always, yeah, so they don't pop real fast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had a guy one time masturbate like under the bed while while he was taking care of me so that he could last longer. And I was just like, what'd you do that for? Because once I'm done, I'm done. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I don't want to stay here for another 20 minutes while you work your shit out. <laughs> right. I got a nap to take. <laughs> exactly. As soon as I have my orgasm, I gotta, I gotta go, go to sleep. sleep. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's uh God. Oh, that's why we talk about sex. No, I was thinking about this the other day because sometimes I'm mad that I didn't know about sex toys a lot earlier in my life. But then I was thinking about it. I'm like, if I had because I've always known how to masturbate, always known. Um, if I had a sex toy, would that have stopped? decreased my body count but then I was thinking probably not because it was never about the orgasm it was about the um uh words of affirmation oh yeah it was always seeking approval and you know you're hot you're sexy you're so good at this you know I don't know that it would have changed anything right you can't you can't fix that broken until you go to therapy right <laughs> right yeah absolutely yeah so why don't you tell the people again, just share with them um, the name of your podcast again, your website, how to get a hold of you. It'll all be in the show notes, but I definitely want to them to hear it verbally for those people okay. who don't read. <laughs> so you can find me on Instagram at standup comedy sex ed. Uh, my website is standup comedy sex ed.com and Raylene Those are my two. One's my speaker website. One's my comedy website. And that's it. I have a Twitter, but I don't ever use it. And you can find me on Facebook at speaker Raylene, facebook.com slash speaker Raylene or facebook.com slash standup comedy sex ed. I'm going to definitely check those out. I think there's some of them that I've, but I'm going to listen to that podcast too about that. Just cause I, I want to hear it now that that's your most downloaded one. I want to know what, what's Which going one, the first on. One? Yeah. Yeah. I've, been, because I've got some that are my favorites and I've got some that I'm just, I'm not going to take down because the info is the info, but right. I've got some favorites. That's one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for being with me today. This has been fun. Thank you for joining me today on Women's Pelvis Wellness, where you can be heard. Because remember, if you're not being heard, you're not being helped. Please join my Facebook group by the same name, Women's Pelvis Wellness, and join a community of women who are there for you to support you, guide you, and love you through your pelvic health struggles. Also, this is a great place to check out my new class schedule. Thank you for joining me in becoming a pelvis wellness warrior.